This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Alrighty, I am so excited to have you back on the Ops Authority Podcast today. For the last few weeks, we've been discussing the topics that are relevant to small businesses that are aspiring to scale. They're going kind of between that growing phase and reaching up to that scaling phase of business. They have the front side of their businesses rolling along. And what that means is that they have a product or a service that's working for them. It's bringing in revenue and they're making sales. So if this is you and you feel like it's starting to get a little bit more difficult to show up and do the work if you're a service provider, or just to make more profit, not revenue, but more profit, more take-home dollars, then I'd like for you to join the A-Team waitlist and learn a little bit more. This is gonna be a six-month program. It's the fourth time I've run this massively impactful program for businesses that are at the pre-scaling phase. It's run by operation experts like me and other certified directors of operation who have come through my training. We're all experts at the backside of business, and that's going to be the key to scaling. That's exactly what you need right now. If you're in that in-between phase, I really want you to have a look and join us so that we can support you through this stage of business and get you ramped up into the scaling phase. You're going to get real action steps, like step-by-step, what to do every single month. You're going to have accountability, and both of those two things are going to come together to accelerate your business. This is the program I wish I would have had. I've created it. I've seen it transform other people's businesses. And I hope that you'll join me and hop on the wait list at theopsauthority.com forward slash A-team. All right, let's continue the conversation this week and talk about something that the market comes to me for often, which is scaling through people. So sometimes I call this human capital, sometimes I call it talent, but these are all H-R-E kind of words, H-R-E, like human resource <laughs> These are HR type words. But really at the end of the day, when you scale, you're going to scale through human capital. You're going to use the efforts of people to help grow your business. And that's the true definition of scaling. I'm going to be really honest brag a little bit, but this is my sweet spot. Talent development and human resources are my jam. So I may get a little bit passionate about this one. All righty. Now here's the time to dig into the lesson. As you know, there's two different sides of business. We've got the front side and the back side. The front side of your business is focused on acquiring the leads, making the sale, bringing in that revenue, maybe even some of that strategy. And the backside is going to include the pieces that are required to support the front end, like how we get leads, how we market, what the strategy is going to look like. So that back end of business really includes things like team, who's going to be on our team, what functions are they going to play, the technical aspects of your business, especially for those online business owners, this is a really large component. The administration, the calendar, making sure all the day-to-day planning is set up, 
maybe even project management, things and principles like finances, legal, setting up processes, procedures, systematizing things, automating things, all of those things are are referring to the backside of business. So when you come into business ownership, you usually don't come in with an eye for the backside. Very, very likely that whatever your passion is, is what's brought you into the business that you're doing today. That passion is whatever you are selling, whether that's a service or a physical product. That passion is what got you into business. That passion would be the front side of business. And then there are some strange ducks like me and other director of operations who love to jam out on the backside. So while 99% of people are focused on the front side of business, there are some people here that are here to support you that have that innate ability to support the backside of business. But the backside of business is certainly the less glamorous side, and it can be a source of resistance for a lot of business owners. All right, most of them. It's kind of like right brain and left brain. You have a preference of which one you naturally pull from, but you don't pull from both at the same time. That's kind of how I look at the front side and back side of business. It has to be a deliberate effort to shift to the other one. So if you don't naturally enjoy the back side of business, you're going to force the front side until it bust. For example, you're going to get visible in a thousand different ways, but you maybe won't have an opt-in set up to capture emails or create an outline of courses, and then you realize all the tech that's required to actually create the course. So there's two sides of everything. My point is once you realize you must put effort into the backside of your business, you realize that you can't do all the things by yourself. Hence why scaling through people is a thing. This is where growing a team becomes enticing. There's an inherent risk and a hesitation because growing people probably isn't your expertise. I just realized what I said, growing people. (laughs) If you're a mom, maybe that is your expertise. But what I mean by that is growing talent isn't your expertise. But I will tell you that team growth is absolutely, unequivocally inevitable for scaling. So if that's your goal, you've got to buckle up, listen to the rest of this episode. So who do you need? What do you need? And who are these people? These are all tough questions that plague growing business owners. The thought of hiring often brings up thoughts like, "Uh, it's not that hard. I'll just keep doing it. Or I just don't have the time to train someone. Or I don't even have time to think about what I need, right? Have you ever felt like that? Well, today we're going to talk about what you can do right now, today, to make your first or your next hire so much easier, and I will say much more effective. So let's go. First thing, you have to have your finances in order. And I know you're probably asking, what in the world does finances have to do with making my next hire? I'm gonna encourage you to have a profit and loss every single month to keep up with it, but to actually review it. So it's one thing to get the numbers back from the accountant or from someone on your team, but it's another thing to actually look at it. I've supported so many businesses that have a PL, but don't actually look at it. So let's start with not being that business. So having a PL is an absolute must before investing in your team growth. And here's why. This is going to allow you to see what your profit margin is. So how much you can invest in people and what the personal financial implications are going to be when you add this new teammate. 
Hiring gets a bad rap a lot of times because leaders and business owners, they don't take the time that it takes to calculate what they can afford. So all of a sudden they're over-investing and they're resenting this new addition to their team. Because ultimately, if you're not making a more revenue, you're not bringing in more revenue and you're taking profit to pay somebody else, you as the business owner are likely bringing home less money. So there's where the negativity can set in. So if you can get ahead of this, start regularly saving. I would say the goal, a goal that I give other folks is to pull away 10% from your profit and put that into a savings account. This will make adding the right hire to your team so much easier. I could give you a really big lofty goal, but it would be too heavy. Those lofty goals like save six months before you bring somebody on just may not be practical for your size of business. If you're bringing on entry-level talent, it's likely that you don't need a bunch of savings. Now, if you can do it, I think that's a great idea, but don't stress yourself. At this point, start saving 10%. Next, I want you to identify what it is that you actually need help with. I mean, sure, we want to turn over the hard parts or the parts that don't come natural to us, but your first hire is likely going to take over the administrative task that I was just referring to. Maybe those entry-level tasks that will be so nice to get out of your way. But you're going to want to be very clear in what those tasks are and also how long it takes or you expect it to take to get those things done. If you skip this, you are 100% going to be going into this new relationship at a disadvantage. I see this scenario play out way too often. Business owners are stressed and overwhelmed, and rather than taking the time, the owner throws up a Facebook post saying that they need a VA. There's no details. They just need help. They're desperate. They need another set of hands. And there's not any amount of hours that are listed in that quote-unquote posting. In this scenario, do you know what you get? Desperate people responding to desperate people. Don't be that person. Have clarity on what you want the role to perform. What are the outcomes, the expectations? What commitment level do you need? And last time, don't put a bland or a desperate post out on Facebook, please. For help on this, you can download a time and task tracker at theopsauthority.com forward slash tracker. That's gonna help you to write down everything that you do for I recommend three days in your business, up to five days, but now you're gonna start seeing the task, the patterns, the things that you're doing. We take so much of this for granted that if you can actually write these things down, it's gonna help you to build a job description that's going to be purposeful. The person's gonna come into your business, they're gonna know what you need, and you're gonna have an idea of how many hours. So one of the things that I kind of have a massive pet peeve on is if you put that posting out there that I described, then, and you don't have the hours quantified, then maybe you're going to, it's always this way, we're going to overstate how many hours we need. So if you say, hey, I need help, I'm probably needing 20 hours. Well, that person who's coming into your business is depending on 20 hours of income. And then because you don't have your ish together, it turns out that you only are giving them seven hours. Well, everyone's trying to make a living here. And if they were depending on 20 and you're giving them seven, it's just not a really strong situation to be in. This next suggestion is next level, but can really put you ahead of the game. If you know what the next hire will be responsible for, create goals for them to accomplish by the first 30 days, the 60 day, and the 90 day mark. If they have specific goals, 
they are more likely going to exceed your expectations. There is so much value in having these at the onset of a new relationship. Another item that you should get in order before you hire is your company's mission, vision, and values. If you've been following along with me or go back and listen to episode number four, we talk all about this exercise, but you're going to select better candidates if you have this knowledge of your business. Please don't skip it. It's best to join forces with people who resonate with your vision and have complementary values. Small business is small, and we like it that way. You're going to want someone who understands you, your heart, your mission. They don't have to think exactly like you, but they need to get a glimpse of you ahead of time so that they can make an educated decision to say yes or no to you. And you're not just hiring for a role. You're hiring an extension of you and your brand. So you want to do it smart. Again, I always leverage mission, vision, and values in my job description. I include them in questions in the application the face-to-face interviews, and the selection process. So don't miss mission, vision, and values. As a recap, if you're going to hire in the next three to six months, you'll want to assess your finances, know what task the role is going to assume, and then also your mission, vision, and values for your business. There are a few things more that I would like you to consider, and the next one is standard operating procedures, otherwise known as SOPs. Now, don't dismiss this. I see that done all too often, particularly when it comes to SOPs. I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible, but great chances that you're currently doing tasks that the new hire is going to take over, especially if this is your first hire. So take this opportunity to screen capture and document how you're currently doing these things. Unless you're hiring specialty help, you'll be responsible for training this individual. If you're hiring specialty help, they usually come in with their own systems and processes, but for general work and general help, you're likely going to be showing them how you're doing it today. You can make onboarding so much better, and I mean so much better and easier and more effective if you've already done this. So here's a tip. Once you have identified the task, remember from the time and task tracker that I mentioned earlier, take some time to record and document how you accomplish those today. You've already put them on your list, so I know that you do them. I highly recommend using Loom, L-O-O-M, for this. There is a plugin that can easily just capture your screen. This makes it fast, easy, efficient, and that you can even put this in a filing system inside of Loom if you wish, but you can download these videos as well. They all have a URL. It makes it so simple. And guess what? When your hire starts, they're going to have immediate training and are going to be able to ramp up so much faster because you have this stuff documented. And that's going to give you a faster return on investment. And we all want the best ROI we can possibly get, especially when we talk about putting out our profits to bring somebody else in with the hopes of growing our business. The faster the ROI, the smarter we are. The sooner that the new hire is going to be able to pay for themselves through the time savings or generating new revenue, the easier it's going to be to scale. So don't waste time today, go ahead and start documenting what it is that you're doing. This doesn't have to be super formal. You can make it a list. You can write them out. That's perfectly acceptable. But I think the way that I see this world going today is to screen capture, do this over Loom, make it fast and easy. Lastly, before you hire, make sure that you have set aside time to train this person. If you've done what I've talked about today, they're going to already know your mission, vision, and values. They're going to know exactly what they're responsible for. You're going to have the finances to be able to afford them. 
they're going to have the videos or the documentation for how to do what you want them to do, but nothing will take away the FaceTime that's necessary when you're bringing somebody new onto your team. They're not there just to be task rabbits. You want relationships. I promise you, the deeper you get to know somebody who's going to be joining you in your mission, the more important it is to have that FaceTime, to build depth there so that they can effectively be a team player. Don't jip yourself of the full value of this hire by not allocating time for training, okay? Okay, I see it way too much. As a business mentor for others, I know that the eagerness to grow a team is there, but to ensure that you're doing this purposefully and smart, I really want you to take this episode to heart and turn it into action. As with every episode of The Ops Authority, I want you to have an action plan and turn this information into purpose. This week's ops activity is to review your finances and see if it's possible to begin saving 10% of your bottom line or your profit for your future hire. And of course, I would love for you to join me at theopsinsiders.com. That's where you can join our private community. That's an extension of this podcast where we continue the conversation and have real discussions over these ops activities. So I'll be in there soon talking about ways to get this 10% savings started. I look forward to seeing you scale your business through human capital and talent. And if you anticipate hiring in the next six to 12 months, I recommend you join my upcoming six-month program, the A-Team Accelerator. This is one of the topics that we're going to go deep in, and I hope that you'll join me. You can sign up for the waitlist at theopsauthority.com forward slash A-Team. We are going to be opening the doors very, very soon, and I can't wait to see you in there. You're going to hear from me in a week, and I hope you guys have an amazing productive week. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.